Welcome into episode 37 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I am happy to be joined once again by Travis Graff and David Sisk of Cats Illustrated for a very special edition of the show. Big news today. Um, Travis, what's going on, man? How are you? Been good finally you get to talk about some positive news instead of some negative news we talked about the last couple of episodes. <laughs> ain't, ain't that the truth. Uh, David, how are you hanging in there? Man, we're doing good. Doing good. Uh, fun time to be uh, uh, covering Kentucky basketball. Absolutely. So we are we are recording this on Thursday evening. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of speculation throughout the day, or there was a lot of speculation throughout the day on Thursday, and then finally Friday morning we get a you know the Kentucky basketball program gets a commitment from Creighton guard transfer uh, Davian Mintz. He is six foot three, one hundred and eighty-five pounds. Averaged nine point seven points, three rebounds, three assists per game in the 2018-19 season. Uh, before we get into you know kind of how this all unfolded and and all that good stuff, real quickly, uh, Travis, what 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 is your first impression of of Davian Mintz? He's not a star, but he's not a dud either. He's a solid player that can play at a high level on both ends of the court. He's 6'3", 185, like you said. He can play one or the two. And good ball handler, good defender. Um, decent shooter, shoots 35% for his career. Yep. And I think I think he's – I was talking to people earlier today that a couple of guys weren't, that I was to weren't that excited about him. And I said, look, he's proven that he could be a double-digit scorer in the Big East, which is a major basketball conference. And I would rather have a guy like that that has proven that he could put up uh, double figures in a big-time conference than a guy that plays for in, like, let's say, the Horizon League or the Big South or Big Sky or whatever and scores 20 points a game in that league. I think you know more what this guy's going to translate and a guy like that. I mean, you, you you sent me a text earlier of, of some of the big big stat lines that he had against big name schools. Twenty one two and two against Marquette, nineteen eight and four against Villanova, seventeen five and three against Georgetown, sixteen six and five versus Seton Hall. So the that stat line's a little seventy seven di- career starts. Yeah, I mean the the people kind of that, that ten three and three stat line's kind of deceiving for people, but this is a dude that has put up legit numbers against legit competition. Uh, David, you're X's and O's guy. What do you know about this about this kid, and uh, why should Kentucky fans be so excited about his his addition? Well, you got to remember, Creighton was a top fifteen team all year last year, and he got hurt. I mean, he would have been the you know starting point guard uh, for you know a top fifteen team. So you know that that right there tells you that he's plenty good enough. And, and you and I spoke earlier, and I think people get caught up in transfers with rankings too much. And my example is this, you know, and I, I thank goodness for, uh, uh, Jeff Goodman and, and, uh, uh, Borzello because, um, they put, you know, some basically a calming effect to the madness, which is, is to transfer route because, you know, you're over a thousand players now in, in, in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, you can look at their rankings and basically what I like that they do, they take it and they say, okay, these are the best 100. So, you know, that, that kind of, you find out who your best players are now on the other hand, and this is the point I want to make. I think people get called up too much. Well, who's ranked number five and who's ranked number 25. And and this is what you got to remember. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw you the bone here and you can kind of talk here about um, the fit. Uh, but um, Kentucky didn't need a, a point guard to come in average 25 points a game. Not with what they've got on a wing. They need somebody steady who can run the team. And, and you know, that that's what they get with him. But the other thing is, too, that kind of guy doesn't resonate as far as rankings go. The guy like Bryce Aikens that averages 25 points a game or whatever, you know, he's going to be the guy that's ranked number two or number three. But uh, guys like that, that's not the fit. They need a point guard. They don't need to score a point guard with the guys that they're going to have. Mm-hmm. They need a guy, like you say, can run the team. If you look at his assist to turnover ratio, I mean, he had a, all three years that he was there. It, I mean, he had a lot more assists and turnovers. And well, each year, you know, he was steady. Uh, and I think also with such a young team, he can mentor these guys and, and he can also mentor a, a, a Devin Askew. I think it's much more important that they get a guy who can who can run the team, who can protect the ball, who can set the table that than, than to have some guy come in at the point that, that might average twenty points a game somewhere. Yeah. So we so we're gonna get into the the timeline and, and kind of how things unfolded because Thursday was just absolute chaos for really all three of us. You know, David, you kinda of took control of the Matt Harm situation and Travis and I were, you know, hitting the ground running, have our ears to the ground, trying to figure out what the heck was going on with this situation. But before we get I do t- three different sites on Rivals for basketball <laughs> recruiting and I, I've had three recruits in twenty two hours. Well, how about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it sounds like you're a good luck charm. Any school that you cover. Oh, it's a, I, I told you I wanted to just uh, run away somewhere. <laughs> okay, so you bring up that fit. And so I talked to somebody that, that actually confirmed who, who this player was and, and that it, this, this commitment was happening uh, on Thursday early afternoon. And the thing they said over and over again was perfect fit. They said, I mean, within the 30-minute the conversation they had, it was like six times they said perfect fit they 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 didn't you know they they knew the Bryce Aikens of the world were out there they knew these these high you know 25 27 point per game scorers were out there they were available and they could have gotten them they wanted to make sure that they got a guy that could groom Devin Askew for you know they they, I think it's it's pretty apparent at this point that Devin is a two-year two-year type guy they wanted to be able to a have a high level starter that knows how to win you know win games at at, at a high level who is head tournament experience that kind of thing but they also wanted to make sure they could bring in that point guard that could groom Devin Askew and let him have a freshman adjustment you know I think there was a big worry around the program that not about anything about Devin who he is as a player and all that because I mean they're as high on him as, as anybody in this class but about making sure that he's not thrown in with the Sharks from day one and they wanted to make sure that fit was perfect and that's literally exactly what they got. They wanted a guy that could come in who has proven that he can do it at at a you know a high major school. I mean that's a you know Creighton is is right there as a, as a top twenty five, top fifteen school year after year. 
They wanted to make sure they could bring in a guy that has done it, has been on this stage before, and can run an offense while they let Devin Askew uh, kind of kind of find his groove. They said over and over again, perfect fit, perfect fit. They they you know the Bryce Aiken thing was one thing. They um, you know they they kind of compared him to a Marcus Howard type guy where you know you don't need that level of score. That's not going to contribute to winning. They need a winning point guard, a guy that that has been there, and that's exactly who this is. So Travis. I want to get into this day. I mean, just just how the heck this all unfolded. So early morning on Thursday, there are rumblings that Kentucky has a has like point guard locked up, grad transfer, it's a done deal, potentially could commit as early as, as Friday. Uh, kind of walk me through step one about, okay, you know, first step, let's figure out who this is and, and kind of, you know, the, just how, how the next few hours for you kind of, uh, you know, unfolded. Well, everybody kept on coming to me. He's like, do you know, do you know anything about this? Do you know anything about this? And I hadn't heard anything about it till today. And they were, everybody was coming to me was either like, it's gotta be a Marty Hardy or it's probably Emmanuel quickly. And I said on House of Blue a couple of weeks ago that I believe that Amari Hardy is going to stay on the West Coast. And I strongly believe that Emmanuel Quickly is going to enter the NBA draft. So I didn't think it was either one of those two people. So I called some people, texted some people. Finally, somebody called me back and was like, yeah, like keep on the download for a little bit until I give you the go ahead. So I was like, okay, cool. And so they they told me that it was, um, it was, da- it was Davion. And so I posted on, uh, I posted on Cast Illustrated on House of Blue. I said, can't drop a name, but it's somebody that nobody has guessed yet. Nobody has even thought about Mintz yet. And I said, it's a guy who can play either guard position, shoots it at an above average clip for his career, double digit score in his last season, has multiple years of experience playing in a major conference. Not a superstar, but can give you solid minutes at the one or the two. And everybody's like, no. And then, Three pages later, nobody even guessed it. So I said, all right. And they're like, one more hint. So I was like, right. I put on there, it's Big East Conference, dead giveaway. <laughs> and so everybody starts guessing it. Then I was like, yes, it's, it's Dave Young, man. But it, it, I already had other writers reaching out to me like, oh, so you know who it is too? So I was like, all right, I'm going to give people what they want. It, do or die. <laughs> I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just try to tell them who it is. So. Yeah, that's how that's how it went down, and like you said, seems like people are really excited about this pit. I think chemistry wise, low ego dude, um, not like no baggage whatsoever. None. Can play on both ends, which I think is gonna be really good for the freshmen. Uh, Clark and Boston show them how to play a little bit of defense, and I think player comparison for him is for Kentucky wise out. The best thing I can come up with is he would be a better version of Dominique Hawkins. Yeah. I don't think anybody, and he's a little bit taller. He's three inches taller than Dominique, but I don't think anybody would, like Kentucky fan-wise, would complain a bit about a better version of Dominique Hawkins. Um, granted, he's not from Kentucky. He's not a homegrown kid like Dominique was, but I think he's going to have, have a Similar impact, but at a much higher rate. And I think that, like you said about Bryce Aiken, I think that if you brought Bryce Aiken in, that you could see more clashing uh, and less continuity between him and Clark and Boston. Because I think uh, Mintz is coming in knowing that 
those two guys are going to be the focal point of the offense. But yeah. You can look damn good running an offense beside those two. Absolutely. David, a lot of people talk about this kid's defensive ability and, and, and uh, you know, just kind of what he brings to the table on that end. In your, your very early research looking at him, what, what do you think separates him on that end of the floor? And, and do you think he can be a, a, an Ashen Hagen's type defender? What, what do you think he brings to the table on that end of the floor? I've got to look at him more. I, I'll be honest, I have not had the chance to, to really sit and watch a lot of tape on him yet. Um, the day was just a really hectic day. Uh, so uh, I, I want to do that. But uh, you know, one thing about the Big East Conference, I mean, you, I, I do know this. You, you really got to be strong on the ball from the point guard spot. And the Big East is known as, as one of the, the, the best defensive leagues and it's really it's not a defense per se defenses per se that that sit back and you know to play off and and, and just let guys go wherever they want to, but uh, it, there's a lot more ball pressure and a lot more denial. And like I said, I have to watch that. I did get to watch Creighton play some this year. They were very good at that. So you know, I, and he's been. He, I guarantee you, he's been well schooled at Creighton. By, by uh, Doug McDermott from, from that standpoint. So, yeah, I, I think uh, just taking all that into account, you know, when I do sit down and watch that, you know, I, I've got high expectations on that end. I, I, I do want to add this uh, quickly. Um, I was thinking about today, and I really think it, it's important because one thing that needs to be brought up in all this, you know, Devin Askew is, is young. Uh, you know, he really classed up. So, um, you know, I was listening to Larry Brown Wednesday on uh, XM Radio on the NBA channel, and they were interviewing him. And he was talking about those teams that he coached. And he said one, one thing today that he really uh, uh, doesn't like about the game, he says, you know, the young guys, they don't get to get – they're not mentored. And, and he said, you know, back then – you know, when he had the Pistons and, and the Pacers and Phil, uh, Sixers and things like that, he said young guys came up and the older guys would mentor them, and they didn't have any problem doing that. And he said also, he said, you may have to wait. He said, if you go back and look when the Pistons played the Spurs and we're coaching and all that, he said, you know, they're not even – everybody, there's, it's older teams, guys that have been in the league, they were experienced. So I think that's important here that he can mentor Devin Askew you know, because you're, you're talking probably, you know, four or five grades in, in, in difference. So he mentors him. He, he, you know, shows him the ropes, but also, like you say, lets him kind of get comfortable and play into that role. And on that note, now, couple, go for it, Travis. A couple of negative things that jump out to me whenever I look at Mince's analytics is he only has a 12.4 player efficiency rating during his time at Creighton. And he has a 19.3 turnover percentage, which means that per 100 possessions, he would have 19 turnovers. He would, he definitely has to get that number down at Kentucky, which I think he will. But that's that's the most alarming stat or analytic statistic I've looked at. Yeah, I think I saw um, some some quote that he had about. Um, I think after the, his junior year, 
he said, you know, they were talking about the draft process because he he explored his his you know professional options last year and and you know kind of he withdrew from the draft and and some of his early takeaways that was the one thing he said that he was really working on going into his senior year at Creighton he said you know I got to get back to what I was doing as a sophomore you know as in his second year he I think he 1.1 turnovers per game 21 minutes I mean he he I mean he really was uh you know he really did thrive in that area it's kind of you I think the word he kept using was poised he was very poised and and he kind of got away from that as he was kind of preparing for the NBA and now that he I think the the way it all unfolded was he got injured his right ankle high ankle sprain in the preseason kind of took longer to get back on track. I think it was mid-December or so um, before he ultimately decided, you know what, I've already wasted a quarter of my year, however however long it officially ended up being. Um, I'm just going to end up, re, uh, you know, redshirting this year so I can get a full senior year experience. And I think, I don't know if he necessarily knew he wanted to transfer back then, but it at least presented that opportunity for him uh, for him to do that. Um, switching back a little bit to to the timeline of it all, in kind of tying that in with with Devin Askew and all that, so the you know Travis, you call at like ten a.m., nine a.m. and said, "Man, there's this guy out there. So we got to figure out who this is." So I kind of send mass texts out and, and mass calls, start getting in contact with whoever I can. Uh, finally, somebody gets back with me, and confirms who it is, and then I reach out to Devin Askew's dad, and I was kind of like, "Hey, I think that this is the this is the guy that that." that UK is kind of circled in on. What do you think? And one thing that, man, I, I just keep raving about this kid. Love, love him. He said, the, Devin Askew's dad said, let's go like all caps, like 17 O's or something ridiculous. This is a kid that wants to have that kind of guy lead the way for, for Devin's first year. Like they, they're, you know, we had him on the podcast just last week and he said that he wants as many people there as we can, the more, the merrier let's load up as much as we can. Um, man, it was, it was, it was really cool to kind of see how this all unfolded and, and kind of how UK got their guy. This is the one guy that, that, you know, nobody really knew about behind the scenes. We've talked over and over again about how Kentucky always works behind the scenes. You know, they all these random names come out of left field because that's just the way Calipari likes to work. It work. He likes to finish the deal on guys before even we even know that they're even legitimate options. And that's exactly how this unfolded. I mean, and they did a really really nice job. Even when the even when people started finding out about this and, and that this was even a, a legitimate option, UK went hush. They tried to m- get people as quiet as possible to say, man, let this kid have his moment. Let's not, let's not burst his bubble. The, you know, this is a kid that was built for this program. We want him to, you know, kind of have that awesome first day as a wildcat. He commits and then kind of, you know, take that next step up, step up as, 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 you know, the point guard of this, of this team. Um, now let's talk about kind of what this means for for the the roster moving forward. Kentucky has their point guard. They have Devin Askew alongside them. You know they have Terrence Clark, BJ Boston as their as their main main guard options. They have Cameron Fletcher coming off the bench. They they have their. It seems like they have their their foundation set at the guard. What do you guys think? You know, what's next for him? Do you think you know we we've obviously talked about Matt Harms. We've talked about that. How do you think this all unfolds, Travis? From from here, I think that EJ and Nick both head off to the NBA. I think that EJ Montgomery still could come back, but I'm not gonna hold my breath on that. 
I, I think it's a true 50-50 situation, and I can't get a good read on it. A lot of people are expecting him to leave and bracing, bracing for him to leave, like I've talked about on here before. But I'm not confident 100% one way or the other with him. And I think the U.K. adds Matt Harms, which would give them an incredible shot blocker, a guy that can just play his role on next year's team alongside a couple of studs, a solid a uh, couple of point guards, uh, Keon Brooks, I think is going to make a huge soft, sophomore jump. I don't think he's going to be quite P.J. Washington sophomore jump, but I think he's going to be very, very much improved next season. And I think that I saw a stat the other day. Was talk, I, I believe it was whenever Harms is in the game, teams shoot 9% less from the field in the paint or at the rim. I can't remember mm-hmm. which one it was, yep. but – that's going to be a huge tool to have behind a couple of freshman defenders on the outside. And like that length on that starting five though, let's say um, mint starts, he's six, three, you got Clark, six, six, Austin, six, seven. You got Keon, six, eight, six, nine. And then you got arm six, seven, uh, crap, uh, seven, three. So a little bit taller than, than six, seven. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> seven, three, but, yeah, I think the the length on next year's team is going to be great, and I think they're going to – It next year's team all depends on how big of stars Clark and Boston are, which I'm really bullish on both of them. Mm-hmm. But the biggest question mark looking at that team on paper is outside shooting consistently. Yeah, yeah I think that's that's going to be a big big question that, Dave, you know, Davian Mintz, like – you know he uh, he's a career thirty five you know percent shooter, but can can Kentucky kind of you know keep that trend, you know trend going? If if they can get a thirty five percent shooter out of him, you know next year I think I think they're going to be impressed. Keeping on with with Matt Harms, um, same conversation I had today, or I, I guess this would be yesterday with you guys listening to it on Friday. Um, Matt Harms, the, while you know. Mince is was was a done deal yesterday. Locked up. They said it's the commitments happen happening tomorrow. Um, done deal. They said they're feeling pretty pretty solid about about where they stand with with Matt Harms and and um, think that they can close the deal with him. I, they didn't get you know wasn't a specific you know percent chance that he's going there, but the optimism is definitely there that they can close the deal. I think um, you know David, I'm about to give you the floor for it, but I think he the, several reports came out said that he's looking to cut his list this weekend and then take take the next step from there. David, you have covered you know with covering Minnesota, you cover the Big Ten, you know. His game, you you know, you watch his game more than just about anybody out there. What do you know about Matt Harms, and uh, why should you know? It hasn't happened yet, but why should Kentucky fans be excited about the potential addition of, of Matt Harms? I've watched him play uh, probably, gosh, in the last two years, twenty five, thirty times, and um, I think he fits very well in into what Kentucky would want to have with this roster coming up because I, I don't think they're necessarily a uh, a team who's going to play with a back to the bucket and um, and um, just put him down there on a block because I, I think these wings can be so good with Boston and Clark. I just think they got to play in space. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think that's what he allows you to do. Two years ago at Purdue, they had Carson Edwards. If everybody remembers him at the point guard spot, oh, yeah. you know, and they got to to the to the Elite Eight, and um, 
you know, they really spread the floor. They had shooters, man. I mean, they just had automatic three-point shooters all over the place. And they they kind of spread the floor out a little bit. And and Matt Painter's always got his sets. And he ran a lot of his sets last year, and he did a year before. But but not quite as much. So last year, um, Edwards is gone. Travion Williams is another post that they had who's 6'10", probably 275, 280. And, and he much more represents just a banger in the Big Ten that, uh, that what you're kind of looking at. So he was more a Matt Painter's kind of uh, post player. And uh, so that's why Harm's minutes were down because Purdue went back last year and they were deep in the post. They went back to two, two deep inside. And Travion Williams is 300 pounds. Obviously, he's a pure center, and mm-hmm. so is Harms. So you can't play them together. It's not like you were playing one at a four and one at a five, even though Harms can stretch the floor, you know, and, and, and we're going to play out on the floor. But he was their five. So that's one reason it was 20 minutes. You've got to look at the roster intake. But I'm telling you, the, the Big Ten in post, one night it, 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 it's Garza, Luca Garza. One night it's John Teske. Uh, we saw what Michigan State and Ohio State had to paint. Uh, one one night it's Daniel Laturu. So the Big Ten was loaded with big men. And I know, like on on Cats Illustrated, when when we put the video up of him, people were saying, "Well, he looks kind of gangly and all that." And I said, "Look, you do realize the guy he just scored twenty six points on is Daniel Laturu yep. of Minnesota, who's probably going. He's averaged twenty one to eleven, and he's probably going to be a first round draft pick. So." You know, he, he offers so much to me. I, I promise you, the center play and big man play that he will go against in the Big Ten, in the uh, SEC, is nowhere near what the Big Ten had to offer. And, and that's no, no uh, uh, insult to the SEC, but the Big Ten, the way it's cut up or just cut out, rather, for just inside plays, is, you know, remarkable every night. So I think he fits in well. I think his style fits in well. Travis had him pegged as far as being able to defend the post. I mean, he is the he he's the ultimate shot blocker. He is the ultimate rim protector. He is so long and he just smacks he just smacks balls out of air and he plays. He's one of those guys that's easy for other fan bases to hate. Oh yeah, because he is very very demonstrative and he, I would don't know if he would say a junk talker, but. He gets very emotional out there on the floor. So I think Kentucky fans, you know, if he ends up going to Kentucky, they're going to like that. And, and, and he'll get these, he'll get these young guys fired up. I tweeted the other day that the, um, the harms versus John Fulkerson from Tennessee <laughs> matchup is something that America deserves. <laughs> bangs, bangs versus cockatoo haircut. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Oh, okay. David, you, you know, you can pat yourself on the back a little bit because you are the only dude out there right now that is getting like actual legitimate quotes on his recruitment. Um, Let me say this. I'm scared that if I don't start doing something, I'm going to get fired because, uh, uh, our guy Travis over here is just, he, he puts the pressure on man. I mean, he is just all over everything. Well, don't you mean hey, you- pressure makes diamonds, man. You're a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me about your conversations with with potentially Kentucky's next commitment, and uh, what you know. What makes you optimistic after those those initial talks uh, uh, that that he's going to end up being a Wildcat? 
Well, it, it kind of matched what, what you had heard from around the Kentucky program. Um, he said that uh, recruiting's going well. Um, he said he's hearing from Joel Justice and um, uh, – oh, I've absolutely drawn a blank. Tony Barbie. Barbie. Uh, Tony Barbie, I'm sorry. Tony Barbie and Joel Justice, he's hearing from them all the time. Uh, and I mean, I, I think they're just blowing his phone up. And I asked him, I said, what are they saying about the Kentucky program? He said, they have covered everything there is to know about it. Uh, they are talking, I mean, he said, I'm, I'm finding out about the fit, about the program, about the players. I'm finding out about, um, he said, even uh, Big Blue Madness, Big Blue Nation, what to expect. And uh, he also said that by this Saturday, he's going to trim his, 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 uh, his list. He's got 10 schools. Uh, he said it could be 10. He said, but 10's just a number that I've got out there that's not going to be above that. He said, if I feel like six, it'll be six. If I feel like eight, it'll be eight. He said, but I'm going to, he said, I'm going to name that, definitely name that uh, uh, Saturday. Man, I think you bring up a really good point with with Barbie and, and Justice. So when I talked to the, the person within the program today, a they said that that as soon as he entered the that as soon as Matt Harms entered the transfer portal, that both Barbie and Justice, you know, were some of the first people that reached out to him, uh, you know, reached out immediately and said that ever since then it has been it has just been been relentless. And uh, I believe Joel is also the leader on uh, on what was the leader on mints and making sure that he was he ended up at Kentucky. So. All this flack that Kentucky fans have been given, you know, oh, they need a new, you know, they need a new spark on the coaching staff and all that. You know, Travis, what do, what do you have to kind of say to some of those, you know, some of those rumblings about how, oh, they need a fresh face and all that? Like, you know, Kentucky still has the number one recruiting class in the country. They also just locked up a seven foot, you know, well, not yet, but they are in the process of getting a, of a massive seven foot three per, you know, Grad transfer from Purdue, who David, you know, couldn't rave, you know, be more highly on, and then you know Davian Mintz, you know, he's a a top twenty five level program, putting up you know solid numbers there. They, I mean, they're doing their part to fill out this roster with massive guys. What what's your response to all that? Well, UK hadn't had a top five recruit since Scal, and that one I'm not even sure really even counted. But <laughs> I tweeted today. I said. Kentucky staff is kicking some ass. I've heard nothing but good things from recruiting circles regarding Joel Justice and Tony Barbie. They've really set up the cats for success in the 2021 and 2022 classes on top of what they're doing right now. But like whenever I talk to recruits, they talk about how real those two are, how, how much, how early, how much earlier they're creating relationships with these kids now than what they used to be. Cause Kentucky used to be able to come in, like Cal Perry's talked about the famous story with Mick Cronin. <laughs> it's one of my favorite how, stories how he, of all time. Yeah, how he can come in in a couple weeks and still kid you've been on for a couple of years. <laughs> I don't know if he can do that as much anymore, um, just because the game of recruiting's changed a little bit. But I mean, you see, this year he's got two top five guys. UK's in good position with top five guys in the next two classes, a bunch of top 10 players in the next two classes, a bunch of top 15 players in the next two classes. I think Justice and Barbie are doing a fantastic job. And I think what we talked about, like what you said earlier, about how people around the program want particular fit with a player. Everybody wants the teams to look like 2015 nowadays. Um, 
And that's never going to happen again. That's You're never going to have too deep of just studs at every position. And I think that if you've this year you have a couple stars that UK hasn't gotten in the last four or five recruiting classes. Grant, like, granted, going by their high school rating, because everybody knows Fox, Monk, Hero, yeah. players like that were played above the ranking. But you you get these guys in, you get some role, role players around them, you get some size, and if everybody plays their role to a T and those two live up to their billing, this can be a very special year next year. But, you know, I, I want to throw this in. If if you say, well, why can't they just draft and choose whoever they want? And people feel like Kentucky needs to be able to do that. I mean, you go back and look at uh, the HBO special that you guys were talking about last week and, you know, how some of these guys, you know, and, and handlers saying uh, we can't send them to Kentucky and, and, and bag men and money men saying, you know, if we send them to Kentucky uh, – or, or, or if a player we represent, rather, we, not if we send them, but if one of our players end up going to Kentucky, we don't get them back. And, and you know, Jack, I know you talked about that, and you, and you were talking about how Kentucky came out very good in that thing, and it's good that they do, but, you know, it, it, it's just such a dirty business for recruiting. And I think the more you're around that, the more you realize it. And, and, that just means that there's going to be a lot of, of really, really good players that Kentucky are not going to get because John Calipari's not into red flags and he's not going to play that game, quite frankly. And that's one thing that I've noticed. Uh, you know, there were two or three players that I mentioned before. Why did Kentucky maybe not recruit them? Well, I think it's obviously because, um, you know, he, he, he knew some of the people, individuals I think he was going to have to deal with. He didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and, and we'll we'll close out here in a minute. Um, you know, we bring up Joel Justice and, and Tony Barbie, um, and we and it, with the, with this pandemic going on, with the the recruiting world kind of coming to a close. You know, it, it's it's pretty telling seeing you know the, the fact that Kentucky has already established such phenomenal you know phenomenal position with these 2021 2022 guys, and the fact that they've already picked up you know six signees, seven after after today, and then you know potentially eight soon with with Harms. You know, f- some of these programs are so far behind with with you know thinking, okay, yeah, we'll just wait till the spring and we'll we'll kind of go in and. and and hit the ground running hard then, or you know, wait till the summer to start going on those 2021 kids and, and all that. And it's like, can a lot of credit needs to go to those two assistants and obviously Kenny Payne and, and John John Calipari, obviously. But but it, it's it's really telling right now in Kentucky. They Kentucky fans should feel so should feel pretty grateful about how things have unfolded because. Kentucky is not only you know have the number one recruiting class and, and two of the best transfers on the market. They also have, you know 2021. You look at Jaden Hardy, who is you know very likely to end up in Kentucky. You look at a, a Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who is almost certainly going to reclassify to 2021 and then ultimately end up at Kentucky. They have laid the groundwork, and then you know Sky Clark got guys like that in 2022. They have laid that groundwork for the future classes, and you know they they're still working all that hard. You you know we you know. Matt told you specifically, David, that that they've been relentless talking to to Matt, and 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 it, it's just after today, Kentucky fans should should you know it's a yet another reason that Kentucky fans should you know should feel feel good about the, the state of the program, even in the midst of all this madness. Um, 
you know, Jack, we, let me add this right quickly too, because I've not heard this brought up before, but I think right. it's 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 really uh, uh, goes to goes to say with everything that's going on in the world and how uncertain everything is. I believe that uh, you know being able to get six players in the fall in the early signing period, and you know that's always big when you can do it. But man, what what type of luxury was it here in the? Uh, fall with all this going on that you can get all those players you know signed and out of the way and, and you don't have to worry about it whereas you know can, can you imagine going into this spring and you've only got like two guys signed i mean it, it'd be god it'd be horrible yeah i mean think of how how nerve-wracking it is to be a coach and and having your your entire pitch be based around in-person recruiting and kind of say man we want to show you this this family atmosphere all that fun stuff and then not being able to show all that and then still need to close out your class you know it, it, it's so telling to me that that not only has Kentucky done so well but but they've adjusted so well i mean that quote with with Matt Harms is so telling that that they taught us everything that they that we need to know about Kentucky. They've shown us everything I need to know to make me comfortable with the Kentucky basketball program without being on campus, you know, personally. And and I think that just it just bodes so well for for them with with so much uncertainty moving ahead and and where things are going. Like you know, Kentucky's in good shape. They're in fantastic shape. And uh, and today was just yet another example of that. Um, with that, let's let's call it a call it a, a show. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Welcome to to the BBN family, uh, Davian Mintz. Real quickly, David, uh, where can where can fans find your work? Uh, Coach David Sisk at Twitter and uh, Cats Illustrated. And Travis, you can find my work alongside David's at Cats Illustrated on the Rivals Network. Uh, still got a sixty day free trial going on right now. We had forty something people, fifty maybe, sign up today. So, growing community over there. You can find me on Twitter at. Uh, Travgraph underscore Rivals. You can find my other podcast, Cat Scan Podcast, on any podcast outlet. Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be a TravisGraph.com before long. No kidding, you guys are knocking it out of the park. No, it's going to be a TravisGraph.com somewhere. <laughs> TravisGraph and davidsisk.com maybe i could be a secretary or something there you go well yeah get, I hate you guys both of you guys keep up the good work you guys are knocking it out of the park i'm grateful as the host of this show to have you guys on and and be able to break down this stuff as it's happening and uh and we we you know we appreciate you uh you can find me on twitter at jack pilgrim ksr via email jpilgrim at kentucky sports radio.com and with that we will be back next week for another jam-packed sources say podcast we we will see you then.